As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following program is a production of Faith to Victory Ministries. Welcome to Faith to Victory Sunday Worship, with Minister and Founder of Faith to Victory Ministries, Michael Collins. Now, here's today's message, Faithfulness in Return. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. That's Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. And it says this, Know that your God is God, the faithful God who keeps His gracious covenant for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commands. This promise from God gives us assurance that He is indeed God and He will always keep His word. Why is that? Because God is faithful. It only takes a step of faith on our part to, to be able to discover just how faithful God truly is. We can count on God to follow through on every promise that He makes in His Word. And He is a faithful God who keeps His gracious covenant for a thousand generations, as it says in this verse. The Hebrew word uh, translated faithful has the idea here of something that you can lean on, something that you can build on. In other words, it can be trusted to be solid, to be dependable. It won't give way, and it won't fail, even in a thousand generations. And no matter how much it may cost God to keep His promise to us, He's never going to go back on His Word, and we can lean on it, we can build on it. And we're never going to be disappointed in Him. And we're never going to have to say to God, although I've heard people say this to God, we should never have to say to God, we will never have to say to God if we really believe God does keep His promises, that God, you promised. Could it be possible that, that God needs to say that to us sometimes? My child, but you promised. 
Are we going to, 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 to uh, keep promises that we've made to him? Or are we failing him in that area of our life? And if that's what's happening, we need to acknowledge it to God. We need to confess it to God. And we need to ask his forgiveness for it. Now we're told in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. This says that if we come clean to God, we bring it all before him, confess it all before him, and put it all out on the table, all of our sin, all of our failures, all of our imperfections, that God will be faithful to forgive us and restore us just as he has promised to do. Now let's talk a little bit about our faithfulness to God. We've been talking about God's faithfulness to us and how he doesn't break his promises. Let's talk about our faithfulness to him. We're told in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5, that whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. What this is telling us is that the evidence of God's presence in us and through us is reflected by our faithfulness to him. Now I want to talk about Faithfulness itself in, in, in the concept of faithfulness, you know, it goes both ways. Just as God is faithful to us, we're called to be faithful to him as well. This means that we need to be committed to God and we need to be serving him faithfully. What does it mean to be faithful, to be committed to God? It means that we should be committed to doing his work on this earth. That is to say that we should be allowing God to fulfill his purpose. And his will in us and through us. It means that we should also be committed to his body. And committed to becoming like him in our way of thinking, in our way of behavior, and in our way of serving other people. That's not always an easy thing to do. Amen. It's very easy for us to show up at church on Sunday morning and call ourselves Christians. But it's a hard thing for all of us to actually show up and be committed to the Lord with all of our lives. To be submissive to Him. To surrender Him. To give Him lordship over our life. Because of our fallen human nature. Because of the sinful heart that's in each and every one of us. We're not just very good at being faithful to God. Or, or to any institution. That's why we constantly sin against God. Even those of us who are saved. Even those of us who've been forgiven for our sins. Even those of us uh, who, who are committed to God and, and, and really are trying to do everything in our power to walk closely and, and reverently with Him. We still fail in our commitment to remaining faultless and pure in God's eyes and we always will. If you have any questions about the level of commitment and faithfulness in our society that we live in today, well just take a look around you. Here in America, we have a divorce rate of over 50%. Over half of the people who have pledged to be committed to another person for life end up breaking that promise. We're not loyal to our jobs. Very seldom will you find someone who, who starts a job out of high school and remains in that job until they retire. The average worker in America changes jobs nine times in the course of their adult life. 
And the list can go on and on about lack of commitment and a lack of faithfulness and loyalty in our world today. So we have to ask ourselves, what's happened? What's caused this to happen? What's causing this to happen in the lives of so many people? But before we cast stones at other people for their lack of faithfulness, let's make sure that we take a long look at ourselves. Amen? How many times have you broken promises in your life? How many times have you committed to do something that either you either backed out of or were not prepared to do in the first place that you, that you should have been? You should have been a lot more prepared to do it. How many times have you failed to be faithful to another person, much less your God? And I'd like for us now to take a look at uh, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. This is, this is going to be quite an extensive reading here, but we're going to read a little bit at a time and, and explain a little bit of it. This is better known as uh, the parable of the talents, a parable that, that Jesus taught to be able to illustrate to us the principles of faithfulness and to help us to be able to see and understand what it means to be a faithful servant of God. Beginning in verse 14, it says again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. Now we'll stop right there. Now what we see, we see here that the master is getting ready to go on a journey. And the passage here said that he called his servants in and, and he was telling them that he was entrusting his property to them. And, and he trusted them to be faithful with what he gave them. The amount that he gave them was based on their, or, or their individual abilities. But while the proportion of the amounts were different, that same commitment was required of each and every one of them. And after a little while, the master came back to see whether his servants were faithful with what he had left them with. Continuing on to verse 18, it says, But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with the two talents also came. And master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll give you charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with, who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where have you not sown, and gathering where have you not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, 
even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now these verses point out the difference in faithfulness between the servants here. The first two servants were called good and faithful. In the Bible, when you see two objectives like this or separated like this, the first objective applies to the second objective. In other words, the first two servants were good because they were faithful. Being faithful was the criteria on which their goodness was being measured. Similarly, the third servant was called wicked and lazy. And he was wicked because he was lazy. He was not faithful and he had not done what the master had asked him to do. So he was called wicked by the master. Now there are several things in this passage that, that I want to point out to you today that contrasts the good and faithful servants to the wicked and lazy, lazy servant. Good and faithful servants were committed to doing what their master had called them to do. They knew what was expected of them and they, and they did it even during his absence, even when he wasn't looking. Amen? Good and faithful servants worked as a part of the master's kingdom. They didn't take the money and go out and earn a reward for themselves. They worked to get results for the overall good of the kingdom. Good and faithful servants recognized that their resources and that their skills came from their master. They had been shaped by years of service and they kept themselves ready for work. Now the wicked and lazy servant didn't do a thing while the master was gone. He buried his money. The wicked and lazy servant didn't work with the others to work to further his master's kingdom. And the wicked and lazy servant wasn't prepared to work. He didn't trust in the resources and the skills that the master had given him. And hadn't done anything to increase his skills and talents. He didn't know the master like the first two servants did. The good and faithful servants obviously knew that the master... Uh, uh, and they knew what he required and what he was really like. So they strived very hard to serve him to the best of their ability. But this servant, the wicked and lazy servant, didn't seem to know truly what the master was like as much as he thought he did. Instead, he was scared of the master and didn't do anything with the money that was entrusted to him. So what do we learn about faithfulness from from these passages about the good and faithful servants and the wicked and lazy servant. What is Jesus trying to tell us here through this parable? First, as Christians, we're called to be committed to the work of Christ. Christ is like the master in this parable. You know, he's gone off on a journey. He's gone off on a journey to heaven. We know he's coming back, but in the meantime, he has entrusted to us resources that we need to be putting to work. And that would be uh, our spiritual gifts and our spiritual talents and our abilities that, that we've been given. Uh, and we've been given those specific orders on what to do with them. And where do we find that? Well, we find it in the Great Commission and the Great Commandment to love one another and to make disciples throughout the world. Secondly, we see that, that we need to be committed to the body of Christ. That means we are to be committed to the church. 
We're not to be called, we're not called to be uh, committed to religion or to a denomination or to an institution, but to the living body of Christ. Membership means being a part of something, not warming a pew. Members of a football team, for instance, you know, they work together during practice. They, they, uh, they support the team. They do what they're called to do. They don't just show up for the games and, and, and occupy space. They're there to do what needs to be done. So it should be with people in the body of Christ, people in the church. Finally, we learn from this passage that we need to be committed to becoming holy, to being more like God, committed to expressing uh, uh, the spiritual disciplines in our lives so that we can become more like Jesus. Committed to prayer, committed to reading the word, and, and committing to, to other spiritual disciplines, to, to being able to hear the word, to encourage uh, other people while we're consistently and faithfully focusing on Jesus, which is what we should always strive to do when we're worshiping together. Now, in closing this morning, I, I want to share a story with you. Uh, a lot of you know about the, the, the story of the city of Pompeii and Mount Vesuvius erupting and destroying that city. Uh, this story is about a Roman sentinel who was guarding uh, the city of Pompeii and right before the ancient city was about to be destroyed. And there were so many who were found uh, years and years later that were buried in the ruins, the volcanic, volcanic ash, and, and they were discovered in, in vaults and and uh, chambers, uh, some very deep chambers and deep vaults, uh, who were evidently seeking to, to escape the destruction that was, that was coming, that was impending because of the eruption of the volcano. But this Roman sentinel was found standing at his post by the gate. And he was guarding the city as his captain had commanded him to do, with his hands still wrapped around his weapon, his spear. Now while the earth was shaking so violently beneath his feet, as the volcanic eruption began, and the destruction was occurring all around him, while the floods of ashes and, and uh, the cinders were overwhelming him, he still stood at his post. And they found him there in that position, guarding his post a thousand years later. We're called to be faithful, to be committed to God. Just like this Roman sentinel was committed to doing his job, to following his orders, to doing what his captain had ordered him to do. We're called to be faithful, to be trustworthy, to be committed. And, you know, we always expect God to be faithful to us. And indeed we should because God does not break his promises. He's not like we are. He doesn't lie. He doesn't tell you something that he thinks you just want to hear. What God says God will do, what God promises he will fulfill. And God expects the same faithfulness from us in return. That's all he's asking. Faithfulness goes both ways in being able to establish a true, genuine, loving 
relationship between ourselves and our God. Thank you for listening to today's message. Join Michael next week on Faith to Victory Sunday Worship for another inspirational and encouraging message from God's Word. For more daily inspiration and encouragement from Faith to Victory Ministries, find us on Facebook, Google+, and YouTube. You're listening to the FTV Radio Network. Broadcasting exclusively on Spreaker.com Internet Radio and iHeartRadio. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.